The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest today, Robin Richardson, has an amazing story concerning her NDE as an infant and the events that triggered her memory of it at eight years old. Robin is a licensed psychotherapist practicing in the Sarasota, Florida area. Her additional training includes being a certified clinical trauma professional and a national board certified clinical hypnotherapist. She experienced her near-death experience when she was less than a year old in Detroit, Michigan, when she succumbed to the 1957 influenza pandemic, commonly known as the Asian flu. She has incorporated elements and understanding of her NDE in her practice, as well as utilizing vibrosound music technology, sound, lights, and guided imagery to help facilitate her clients in their healing. Robin, welcome to NDE Radio. Thank you so much uh, for honoring me with this wonderful opportunity, Lee. Oh, well, it's a, it's a great opportunity for our listeners to hear your story. Robin, if you would, please tell us about the circumstances of your NDE and how you came to remember it some eight years later. Well, I, it was a very unusual situation, I guess I have now come to understand, because it did happen when I was such an infant. I was about six to seven months old. And what has triggered the event was that as a child, my mother, and we moved quite frequently, but she would always drag this little red laundry basket around. And so I knew where it was, and I would always get a queasy feeling, but I, was, as a child, would just kind of stay away from it. Mm. And on this particular day, and it was 1965, and I had a little baby brother, so those of us who are from that era will remember cloth diapers. So parents were always constantly doing laundry back then. And I came in from school, and my mother had asked me to go downstairs in, in the basement and where we had the dryer, and the washer and dryer, and she asked me to go ahead and take the clothes out and fold them because they had the, the, you know, the white diapers. Mm-hmm. So I ran down there to do that, of course, and there wasn't any laundry basket. So I came up merrily thinking, okay, I'm out of that kind of task, <laughs> and uh, came up and said, Mama, guess what? There's no more, you know, laundry baskets, so I'm going to go out and play. And she says, no, sweetie, there's that red one right behind that water heater in the basement. And I knew instantly which one it was, Lee, because it just gave me this crazy, eerie feeling inside my tummy as a, mm-hmm. as a baby or as a child. So... I went ahead very trepidatiously, went down the stairs, <laughs> found that red laundry basket, dragged it out, and started feeling really um, a strange sensation. I, I dragged it over to the the dryer, and as I, I'm looking above it, so as I open the dryer door, now I'm above that red laundry basket. And in that one moment, it was felt like I was on a roller coaster, and my consciousness just kind of flipped from being from earth to all of a sudden up in the heavens. And in that one moment, what I remembered was this entire uh, near-death experience. And what 
had triggered it, it was because in that one moment I saw my body as I was coming back down from earth and I saw it packed in ice in this red laundry basket because it was solid plastic. And so in that one minute, that one instant, like a twinkling of the eye, I remembered the entire incident and went upstairs and asked my mother, did I die in this basket? Did you pack me in ice? And she said she was, you know, this is the 1960s with her little apron and her bouffant hair. And, and um, I thought she was going to be angry at first because she looked so shocked. And then she sat down and she said, yes, how did you remember that? I can't believe it. So this is the story I related to her, and I will tell that to you now. What I will also tell you as I explain it, she did tell me that, yes, honey, you did die. Um, you had the Asian flu, and it was a pandemic, one of the, the last big ones that swept the nation at that point in time, and it was taking out a lot of the elderly and the little babies. And I had been... Um, a very, I only weighed 3.2 pounds when I had been born, so I was struggling and kind of lagging behind in my weight anyway. And she had said that my babysitter had gotten this Asian flu, had been hospitalized, and so the encounter that I will tell you now is when she had dropped me off at, uh, it was a husband and a wife, it was an apartment, and they were watching me while she went to work. And so she gave me that kind of background, which I would not have had as a child, as a baby. But mm -hmm. this now is what I remember. So I was sitting in a little baby carrier. Um, you'll, if y'all every knows, everyone knows the 1950s, a great big chrome uh, kitchen table, and they had me in a little bouncy baby carrier. And I didn't see very well, Lee, because I'd already had the German measles. And so I wished I, I had a clearer um, vision of this, but this is what I, I remembered. So there was a, a man and a woman, and I couldn't see them clearly because they were across the room, and they were what I now understand to be a telephone, but I could, didn't know that then. I just knew it was uh, something brown, and they were talking very excitedly, um, very with a staccato rhythm. So as a child, as a baby, I knew they were upset. I didn't know what they were saying but I knew they were clearly upset. And I was looking at them, I was trying in my own awareness, trying to say, calm down, like, what's your problem? And everything's fine. And then I realized that they, they were looking at me, and I understood that it was me that they were upset about. And that's where I get this glimpse. I look down to see my hands, my body, and that's why I knew I was in a baby cure, because I looked down at that one moment. And I saw my hands, and I felt wonderful. And there was light starting to emanate from me. And in that one instant, it was like this beautiful light beam full of little love bubbles, is all I can explain it to you, came and scooped me right out of my body and lifted me gently, swiftly, and beautifully above earth above into this great infinite beyond on my parting way out i literally saw my mother racing in and i could hear at that one minute in one moment i understood words 
I understood what everyone was saying, and she was screaming them to say to them, what have you done? Let's pack her in ice. But at that moment in time, I was looking up. I was looking toward the infinite. It was teeming with energy and love and light. And so I was lifting and looking upward. So when I got to the vastness in the great beyond, I felt free. I felt so unfettered. I felt that my consciousness could, was finally free and I was, it was expanding and I was, uh, I felt clear. And in that one moment as I looked back toward Earth because everything was dark, I could see Earth but I could also see the stars and I was just one point of awareness. And I thought that was very interesting. This was an interesting experience. And in that one moment, I also saw, well, look what I'm, I'm looking into the vast beyond. Oh, is this beautiful? But I had enough conscious awareness to say, that's very interesting. I could think two thoughts simultaneous. Is this what I can do in this state? I thought, oh, this is beautiful. Can I think ten thoughts? And I could. Could I think a thousand thoughts? And I could. And then it literally opened up so that you could think eternal thoughts at once. And at that one moment in time, your consciousness expanded out into concentric circles, into the vast beyond, to infinite. At that level, you could take your consciousness. There was, it was teeming with energy, with love. And you could interject it into anything that you wished and become one. You could know it from inside out. So whatever it was that you were looking at or extending your conscious awareness into, you could feel it and know it intimately. And this was like a beautiful, many levels upon levels within levels. And I was able to feel a heartbeat, if you will, of divine love. So it would fuel the universes, because it's not just one, it's myriad number, it's infinite number. It keeps expanding ever outward. And so energy would come in, it would infuse all that is, and it would flower and come into fruition. And then as it was gently subsiding, this other energy wave of absolute, pure, unmitigated love and energy and at, at the universal core of it would flood everything again. So, of course, I, my conscious awareness, was looking and feeling and being inside all that was. But it's the back of my mind, and it almost felt like uh, a distraction. It was uh, almost like a gnat. You just wanted it to go away. I could hear everything that was going on Earth. I understood all the people, the components. I was still connected to Earth, even though I was looking at the vastness of the universe and feeling the vastness, the conscious awareness of all. If you can have a thousand thoughts at once simultaneous this was one of those thoughts and one of those connections 
And so what was going on at Earth was that my mother was there, and I could hear no language. I understood all words and the emotions attached with them. So they had the two, there was a couple there, and they had brought this red laundry basket, packed it with ice, and they had put my body in there. And my mother was working frantically, and I could feel her very upset and excited. And the other people were saying, she doesn't have a pulse. She's not breathing. Stormy, you better let her go. And my mother was saying, no, this can't be. This can't be. There's no way. We've got to be able to do something. Do something. And you could see this or feel this great frantic effort. And the other people, I could even feel them. They were resigned, saying, what shall we do? I could hear their thoughts, know exactly what they were thinking at the moment. And at that one moment, I could see, they said, Stormy, you have to let her go. And my mother crumpled when she, she felt for the, the heartbeat. Then she understood that I wasn't there. And she crumpled next to this red laundry basket and went into almost a resignation of that. And at that one moment, my mother got angry. There was such anguish that she screamed, and it wasn't just what she screamed, it was how she screamed it. And she interjected such raw emotion. And she said, Robin, get back here. And it was like, Lee, it was like a fish hook. <laughs> As I was seeing this beautiful universe unfolding and I was inside all of things, interpenetrated with, becoming with it as it evolved, this fish hook of my mother's raw gut emotion literally hooked me. And it, it hooked me and then brought me like quick lightning down from there straight and that's where I was getting this it's like lightning your awareness is so expansive it's like you've fish hooked lightning and it's coming down this tube and I'm seeing earth I'm seeing uh, you know the countries I'm seeing it fast very fast and then I see this red laundry basket this little pale baby packed in ice and I had enough wherewithal at that point in time to say, there's no way that that little baby body is going to contain <laughs> contain my energy. I was like, you got to forget this. <laughs> I'm not going there. And it literally, I had no control over it. It went inside this baby body that was packed in ice, and it came in from the top of my head. And I remember thinking, there's no way I'm just going to come out. And it literally went through, down through my head, through my spine, and it was like a freight train. And I was actually in shock because I couldn't believe that my body and my ribs contained this lightning bolt of energy inside. That I couldn't believe it. So for just an astonished second, I was like, oh, my God, I'm, you know, I'm inside this body here, this vehicle. And... At this moment in time, I had still full awareness of all thought. I could understand what the adults were saying. I could feel their awareness. So this is kind of interesting at this moment in time. I'm in this body. I can 
feel, even though my eyes are shut, I can feel and see that these two people are behind me to the right, and I can feel this woman's um, awareness look at my body. And she noted that it had shivered, and my mother was sobbing down at my feet, and I could feel her being very upset. And then all of a sudden, I see, I literally saw this woman nudge this other gentleman and say, look, look, look. He's going, really? <laughs> and they're noticing that I'm starting to quiver. And that's when she said, Stormy, look, look, I think your, your baby, it's, it's moving. And I could feel inside my mother's mind, she first said, don't even get me going. I, I just resigned to the fact that she just died. And she looked up. She hadn't said anything yet. And that's when she says, no, I'm not kidding. Look, I wouldn't, I, you know, I, I wouldn't trick you. And so my mother looked, and she could see that I must have twitched because, again, now I'm back in my body. It's, I'm packed in ice. And she literally saw that. Her heart jumped with, with great joy. She picks my shoulders up and drags me up out of the ice. I still have my eyes shut but I can still feel, know, and understand all that is being said on earth. And in that one moment when she's picking me up out of the ice, as I go to open my eyes, it felt like a great big black container, a great big black veil had been shut over my consciousness. So as I opened my eyes, the blackness fell over my consciousness. And that's what I remembered. That's at least a highlight if you would you know, want to ask more questions. I'd be delighted to answer them for you. Well, yes. You know, last week I talked to Howard Storm, and he it's his opinion as both a near-death experiencer and a, and a, a pastor that uh, none of us go directly into heaven. But to me, your description as an infant, as a pure soul, if you will, went right into... Um, the heart of God. <laughs> and I say that because you, you wrote me, I became only a centralized awareness and could see, know, and feel all worlds, all heavens and universes, dimensions, and even between the dimensions. And that, I take that to mean the, the universal consciousness that is God. And so it seems to me that you, uh, many near-death experiencers, um, retain their individuality they retain their memories and they're caught up in a in a life review but an infant you know a, a child your age wouldn't have that um those veils to go through before they came into the light uh, it sounds like to me you have experienced um the fullness of god that you were actually merging back into the creator what do you think about that I think that what's very interesting, and that is, again, why I didn't even correlate my story with, you know, the near-death experiences that are there, because it, it didn't have some of those earmarks of it. What I experienced was this. I think I wasn't entrenched with what I was supposed to see. I hadn't even been taught language. I wasn't entrenched with attachment to earth, so I wasn't emotionally attached or invested to anything on earth yet. Um, on top of that, I had been an incubator baby, so then even, you know, my connection with my mother hadn't been 
fully formed because I had been an incubator for many months. So I think what happens is that maybe it's a more pure uh, pathway. So I wasn't hampered by the memories of Earth yet, by the attachments. So it was an easier, swifter journey back up into the heavens. And it's interestingly because I became awareness once again full in fullness, inner, can interpenetrate things with consciousness. And so you're, you don't have an ego, at least I didn't. I didn't have something to impede me. If you were just full awareness, you could interject, interpenetrate anything at pure conscious will. And it was dimensions within dimensions within dimensions teeming with energy and life. So I wasn't going into a light. I think I became part of everything that was with full awareness. And if, uh, as the Eastern mystics say, consciousness is infused throughout everything, everywhere, then that's what you were becoming part of once yes. again. That yeah, would be a better way of saying that. Yeah. I, I, I can't begin to tell you how important your story could be to any parent who's lost a baby to miscarriage or stillbirth or infant illness like you had or, or perhaps especially to an abortion. Such an early death could be a profound spiritual blessing for any given individual, given the nature of our, and the weight, and the obligations, and the details of our lives on earth. That once we get into that, those are the veils that come between us and, uh, and universal consciousness. And to die that young could be, for people who might be looking forward to a terrible life, could be a, a huge blessing, actually. I think that you're absolutely right, and that's why I laud you for getting this information out, and I think the time now is open for people to step into this, to be able to talk about these experiences and for people to hear them. Um, I think the pathways have to be opened, and for people to believe, to understand, to know that this is the journey, and to be awakened to that fact. And I think it would provide such solace, I think, um, for people who've lost anybody, but very much so a, a baby. And I think also, even as parents, knowing that your baby has this capability to understand, feel, know, and experience things, even when they come to Earth. I think that's also, um, we should treat them with great respect, I think, um, great sacredness to understand that, that they're just not uh, something that isn't aware. They are very much aware. Mm-hmm. Now, your your uh, profession is uh, psychotherapy and uh, hypnotherapy. Uh, how has uh, the re- remembrance of your NDE influenced your life after past the age of eight years old? Well, um, I, I'll speak to that in two parts. One, right now, in, in my practice, people will hear of that effect that I've had an NDE, and a lot of the parents will come to me that have had children that have died. 
and they come seeking to connect with their with their loved one on the other side to feel to know to be able to talk to someone because people are looking they want to know with a surety that they will see that soul that they're connected to that soul and i think it provides them uh, great solace knowing that if i was in heaven and i could hear my mother uh, that surely these souls on the other side their their loved ones they know that they can that they they do exist that consciousness is there they haven't lost them so people will come knowing that I've had uh, this NDE, they want to know the story, to touch base, they want to try to find their way to connect with their loved ones, hence the sound, the music, the lights, the guided imagery, the hypnotherapy. However, on top of it, uh, because I was such a child, um, I didn't know any other way than this, but it was very easy for me to be able to feel people and to know uh, what they're feeling, and that helps me in my practice. It helps me in, with life in general. Uh, sometimes you can feel emotions. If it was just as easy for me to become part of the all in all aspects of all that was all the energy in all the myriad number of, uh, levels of dimensions, and to go inside of it to literally to know that which is within. That same kind of capability allows me to feel, if you will, um, the pain or the anguish, uh, the joy with my clients and uh, helps facilitate healing because uh, we have a, a beautiful session together. Have you encountered many patients who've also experienced NDEs? A few. Um, uh, I have a, a couple that have um, experienced NDEs. And when we talk, and I've noticed this at the IONS conferences too, is there's a difference, and it helped me to go to a few of these ION conferences because I didn't have, there was a slightly different journey having an NDE as an infant than let's say someone in their 20s having an NDE. Yes. Because they have, a memory of where they were, what their consciousness was capable of, and then went up to heaven, and then they can see and correlate and compare the two differences. As as my journey was a little bit different as an infant, because I knew all this, and I didn't have a point of comparison of restriction either. So it was very difficult um, trying to even... I really never talked about my NDE except to my mother, and she got so upset and cried, you know, hysterically. I, I really didn't, we didn't talk about these kinds of things in the 60s and in the 70s, and they just weren't on the radar. And yes. um, it was very difficult. I would go, the few times I tried to talk about it, Leah, I can remember going to my church and saying, I really feel called to serve God. And I was probably 11 or 12 and try to explain to them that, you know, they're speaking of these things of the Bible and the people going and, you know, journeying up to heaven. And 
having visions of God. And I said, you know, I too have uh, felt and known and, and went up to heaven, but people wouldn't believe you. And they, and when I said I felt called to serve God, you know, what vehicle do I have here? And they would come back and say, well, you should marry a minister. <laughs> so this is <laughs> what I was getting. And so I just, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and I knew even as a child that wasn't the answer. I said, so the connectedness with um, the divine mind is what I would uh, kind of use if I have to use a name because there is not enough words here to try to explain the beauty and the omnipotence uh, that God entails, but it came to me very easily to say, wait a second, you can serve me, God, in any realm, in any way, uh, be an instrument as a friend, you know, as a neighbor, as in your profession um, that uh, you love, you absolutely love, and that is how you serve. Well, Robin, we are we are just about out of time, but I want to thank you for sharing your amazing story of your infant age NDE. Uh, how can the audience, uh, if someone out there wants to uh, learn more about your practice or or talk to you, how, how can they get in touch with you? I do have a website, uh, such that it is. It is um, Navo N O U V like Victor E A U Healing. Dot com, and that is my website, and you'll be able, uh, my phone number is there, they can reach me um, by phone, and I'm also in psychology today, and they can look for Sarasota, um, Florida uh, psychotherapist, and I'll mm-hmm. be there, so they can look at, you know, for me there, as well as going directly to my website at NavoHealing.com. Oh, that's terrific, Robin. Thank you. Thanks again. Uh, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Thank you uh, so much, Lee. You are providing a wonderful service for humanity. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's it's just um, the amazing people that I get to talk to like you. If the audience uh, would like to hear this program again or any of our more than 230, I think, it's, I think this is the 237th program to date, uh, just go to our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about IANDS, please go to their website at IANDS.org. And be with us again next week, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening. <laughs>